podcast, Cinderella Chats. I'm your host, Cinderella Field. Yes, that's really my name. Along with your co-host, Sandy Hunter. We are so excited to be here to share some insight about life, love, and relationships. So let's get to it. Hey, everyone. Happy post-Thanksgiving. I hope you had a good one. This is literally take three of this week's podcast because I am solo. Sandy, my wonderful co-host that I enjoy talking with so much when we, you know, get to talk to you guys together and, you know, share our conversations She's not with me this week. She is on her way to St. Louis. Her hubby thought that it would be a great time to get her away so that she can have, oh, she needs, she, she needs to have a bit of just removing herself from, you know, this space and to rest and relax. As all of you know, she shared with you um, a couple of weeks ago, I believe, on the podcast that her mother has terminal cancer. So Thanksgiving was, you know, a big deal this Thanksgiving for them. I think they had over 60 guests at their new home. They just moved there at the end of the summer and it's quite a bit of acreage. And so not everything was done. So they had to get some things finished before they could, you know, have that many people. And she wanted them all to be seated at the table. So, um, she told me it was a beautiful time and it was a beautiful time, but it was not easy. So, I mean, talk about the holidays. I mean, the holidays aren't easy, especially when you're going through a season of change. It just always seems, I mean, just like we've talked about change is ongoing. I mean, it's in constant motion, right? But I mean, Thanksgiving is, gives me a reason to pause if only for just one day and together with my family, loved ones, and friends, it gives me the opportunity to eat really good food. I mean, turkey and dressing and giblet gravy and mashed potatoes, macaroni and cheese, all that good stuff, you know, a lot of carbs and turkey has that Oh, I can't remember off the top of my head right now what it is that makes us sleepy. But on top of it, I mean, all the carbs and then, you know, the sugar and pumpkin pie, apple crisp, whipped cream, that kind of stuff. I mean, it it just, it's an overload, but it is so, so good. But it reminded me again of what I'm thankful for. And living in the moment and being so present with my adult children and grandboys. I mean, it was just, we laughed so much. We had so much fun. The turkey was like amazing. My daughter and son-in-law took that over a couple of years ago. And I mean, they do just as good or better than I do. And I hate to admit it, but it's true. They they do just such a great job. I don't really hate to admit it, but I mean, their turkey is as good as mine. And this one was like melt in your mouth tender. So 
it, it was really, it was fun. It was an evening full of warmth and love. That was nice to, you know, feel for the moment. But we have the next season coming up, the most wonderful time of the year, Christmas. <laughs> oh, Christmas. I don't know if any of you put up your Christmas tree before Thanksgiving. I did because we're really, really busy this time of year. So I had to get it up or not put it up. Last year, I didn't put up a tree. It was the first time ever that I had not put up a tree. And this year, I was like, oh, geez, if I don't get it up, it's not going to get up. So anytime that, I don't know if you're like me, but ornaments, they're very sentimental to me because a lot of the ornaments that I have, I started collecting Old World Christmas and Christopher Radko, and they have memories. And then when we traveled, we would, if they had a Christmas, you know, a Christmas shop, we would always go in and buy ornaments. So I still have those ornaments and put them up on the tree. Oh my gosh, I still have the first ornament from both of my children from their very first Christmases. And my son's is a rocking horse. So, I mean, it's just those sort of things that happen. I mean, and then while I think about it, when I did the Christopher Radko thing, before I even knew, I just all of a sudden was drawn to firemen and the fireman boots and the Christopher Radko Christmas ornaments. And I had no idea why and the fire trucks and then, you know, my daughter was always a really good student and did cheerleading. So I did that too. But then my, I mean, when I started collecting that line, my children were like, I don't know, 12 and 14. So we had no idea that my son was going to be a firefighter and that's what he is. So that was interesting. It's always interesting when I put those up just to think about that and I don't know what this time of year with the sentimental part of it and, and, and just the memories, you know, bring up for you, but that's what they brought up for me. And then just going into this time of year and knowing that Christmas, the real reason for the season is Jesus makes me think about how we should, you know, think about each other and and, and the word love comes to mind for me. That brings up the scripture that is one of my favorites, 1 Corinthians 13, starting at verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. So if we can remember that and remember what, you know, that chapter talks about, and, you know, the greatest one, I mean, there's, 
hope, faith, and love. And the greatest of them all is love. And so if we can stay focused on that this Christmas season, we'll be so much better off, right? (laughs) But it's not easy to do. And then, you know, the truth that it talks about too, you know, makes me think about, you know, Sandy and I, and, and when we decided to do the podcast, what the podcast would really be about and focus on was change and the truth. And the truth is some things really need to change. When you go through a season like I went through with divorce and everything, and you start seeing things for what they really are. I mean, even though it was such a struggle, it was also a time of growth for me. And without it, I wouldn't have had that. And it helped me see things very clearly in many, many ways that I'll discuss at some point. But one of the things that I think really needs to change, because I got, oh, a behind-the-curtain view at the family legal system. And it's a bit messed up. It's really messed up where divorce is concerned. And, I mean, the only people that profit out of that are the attorneys for their own pocketbooks. So we'll be discussing that, too. I mean, we've discussed before that, you know, in 1969, Reagan passed a bill that, started the domino effect of no-fault divorce. And I have to ask myself, and I ask you too, has it made our world a better place? I don't think so. But, I mean, so many things have happened in the last few decades that have changed our world in so many ways, right? One of the things that I remember too is... Paul Harvey. I don't know if any of you are familiar with him, but in 1965, he did uh, he did a radio show. Paul Harvey did, and um, that was 1965. So I was just a toddler then. But anyway, I'd like for you to take a listen to that and just think about where we are and how things have changed and how we need to probably look at some things that need to continue to change. Anyway, Paul Harvey inspires me in so many ways, and here it is. This is absolutely insane how accurate his prediction was way back in 1965 in regards to the world we we would be living in today. This is 30 years before I was even born, and it's very similar to George Orwell's 1984 book, Wild. If I were the devil, if I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness. And I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree, V. So I'd set about, however necessary, to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. 
I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing, I'd have judges promoting pornography, Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bubble. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who want it until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. What'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Wow. Paul Harvey, God rest his soul. I don't care how many times you hear that straight up goosebumps, y'all. Little creepy how shockingly accurate this was. Made in 1965 and right on the money in regards to the world that we see today, the society flooding the streets today in 2023. People got everything cattywampus these days. Just seriously take a gander and look around you. Just take a step back and view it from a, a broader lens. Celebrities and, and entertainers openly worshiping and idolizing Satan. You got people thinking that their genders that they're not and attempting to create and add to the list of, of more than two genders, although that'll never change. God got it right the first time, male and female. Even worse, though, they're trying to lure our kids into these disgusting false identities and, and ideologies and, and start mutilating their bodies and promote that as okay, affirm them and say, yeah, yeah, little Johnny, yeah, little Susie, you could do this, you could be whatever you want in the world, and there's no repercussions down the line. You gotta be kidding. Like, this is horrible. There's no self-control for lust and pervasive desires. We got our borders wide open here in the United States, drugs, guns. Uh, and kids are illicitly sold behind the scenes and in the wide open. And then when documentaries like Sound of Freedom come out, they try to say, oh, that's extreme. That's not going on. Yes, it is. What we see today is pure evil and wickedness. And they're trying to 
lie to us and promote evil as good. And they want us to think that what has always been valued as good is somehow now bad. But yet everything these radical secularists want is fair game. They're trying to de-Christianize America. I mean, come on. That's exactly what they're trying to do. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that kind of creepy and spooky, really, that Paul Harvey in 1965 had the insight to exactly what has happened over the decades and where we are in 2023. That was Devin Gibson's podcast. That's what I think is so neat about having podcasts out now. There's a podcast for everything. And people are really speaking up and speaking out and sharing the truth about things. I mean, these people inspire me in so many ways. And I mean... What he said is true. I mean, Paul Harvey said that they'll make us think that marriage is old-fashioned and families are at war with themselves. I mean, yes, they are. And the schools think that they can be mom and dad to our families now and that they get to be the parents instead of the parents being the parents, which brings me to the next people that really inspire me tremendously. And that's the two women that founded Moms for Liberty. They were on, uh, they were given an award actually last night. I was able to catch Fox Nation, the Patriot Awards, and being the most influential. And then there was a follow-up interview. So take a listen to Moms for Liberty. They're amazing and uh, enjoy. All right, they are two moms on a mission. At last night's Patriot Awards, we recognize the co-founders of Moms for Liberty as they lead a national movement for parental rights. Back on the stage with us this morning are the recipients of the most valuable Patriot Award, Tiffany Justice and Tina Deskovich. Thank you all so much. Congratulations. Thank you. After two hours of sleep, you're back, and we appreciate that. What does this award mean to you? Tiffany, I'll start with you. It just means so much. Our moms are on the front lines every day, right, trying to make sure that there's transparency in curriculum and that kids are learning to read in school. And so, you know, they they get beat up a lot. Uh, I'm not going to lie. And so this just meant an incredible amount to us and to them. We saw them sharing on social media. They were incredibly proud. Really? Tina, what does it mean to you? Yeah, as Tiffany said, the abuse they're taking on the front right now, uh, the attacks, everything from the federal government, the DOJ, the FBI, the SPLC, you name it. Pink, LeVar Burton. Yeah, (laughs) they're all after our moms who are just ordinary moms making breakfast, trying to get their kids off to school. And so they were able to celebrate last night with us. And I think it was was important. Every time we go to a diner, there are moms for liberty there. They are proud moms. And y'all started this movement. Tell us your story. We told it last night, but for people at home that don't know how this began, Tiffany, how did it start? Yeah, so Tina and I served on school board. We're moms who got involved. We saw that we could get make a difference in our own communities on school board, and then COVID happened. And we saw a, a total violation of parental rights, and we watched as we were at the bottom of votes that were forcing masks and taking away parental rights, and uh, we just decided that we had to do something to help parents to be more effective advocates in school. 
How many Moms for Liberty are there out there now? Yeah, we launched January 1st, 2021, so we're not even three years old. Uh, we launched in Florida two chapters, and now we have 300 chapters. A chapter covers a county. Uh, we're in 48 states. We have 130,000 moms and some dads uh, on the ground uh, fighting in this fight. Well, you said last night, both of y'all gave great speeches. You said last night, we are not co-parenting with the government. And you, everyone just went crazy. They loved that line. Yeah, it's great. Um, I, we stole that line from Tiffany. She actually, uh, we, we share a lot of the same talking points these days. Uh, she said it while she was serving on uh, the Indian River School Board in Florida uh, when all of the COVID mandates were coming down. And, you know, I hate to tell the story for her, but, uh, you know, our, all of our districts were doing the same thing. They were relying on people. Committees. Yeah, committees to make the decision. They were kind of advocating abdicating their responsibility and decision making. And so, you know, she just said, look, I, I take my kids to the doctor. Um, I take his advice, but I'm the ultimate decision That's right. maker. That's I right. do not co-parent with the government. Right. So it's on our shirts. It's one of our best-selling shirts. We have car magnets. And so, yeah, of yeah. course, we included it in our speech last well, night. Well, that's great. Tiffany, you have four children. You live in Florida. Tina, where do you live? Florida. You're in Florida, too, yeah. and you have five kids. Well, God bless you. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. We are not domestic terrorists. Oh, we are parents. That's right. We care we about don't our little ones. parent with the government. That's right. God bless you both. Thank you for being here. You deserve that award. And you know what? That motivates me in so many ways and inspires me. We shouldn't co anything with the government or we shouldn't co family or co marriage with the government at all. I don't think so. So, I, I mean, when I decided to do this, you know, I, when I went through the divorce, I had to put things on hold. I had just before that happened, um, had just started a new website and was going to re-release the um, little gift book because I've always had a big heart for marriage and family. And so that's one of the things that we'll be going forward with in 2024, because it's time to draw a line in the sand and it's time to say enough is enough. And we won't do this anymore or allow people to take advantage of what's inside our homes. We just won't. So that will be a big part of it. And oh my gosh, talking about 2024, can you imagine what the elections are going to be like this year? That should be very interesting. You know, will it be Trump up against Biden or, you know, and will, you know, the third party, I mean, will they, you know, keep, will they make headwaves? I mean, we just don't know, but I can tell you this for sure. It is going to be absolutely interesting. And, um, oh, I don't even know what I would call it, except I shouldn't probably say it on air. It's going to be a, you know, what show for 2024 up until the election. So that should be interesting. Anyway, this has been, um, not easy for me to do this. I was nervous the entire time. I've never done anything like this by myself. And so I hope you guys can get through it until my wonderful friend and co-host wing girl is what I call her. That's like a sister to me comes back next week and she is with us because it's a lot more fun to do this with her than to do it alone. So I hope you get your Christmas tree up. I hope you have 
happy hunting, shopping for the perfect Christmas gift for your family and friends. And, you know, if you need fragrance, just drop by and see me at Dillard's Woodland Hills Mall. And I'll show you Dolce Cabana. Anyway, um, that being said, thank you so much for putting up with me and listening to me ramble on about nothing. But I do hope that you found Paul Harvey to be interesting and Moms for Liberty. If you don't know who they are, go look them up on Facebook. And if you've never been to one of their chapter meetings, go, go, both men and women, go. This is not just for moms. Dads can go too. So anyway, until next week, this is Cinderella. And this is all about life, love, and relationships. Until next time. If you enjoyed the show today, share it with your friends so they can listen in to our conversations about life, love, and relationships. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cinderella Chats, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. We look forward to our Tuesdays together and know you will too. 